Welcome back to Free 90s Baseball Podcast. Today, we are talking about Trevor Bauer signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers on a three-year, $102 million contract. Ryan, how are you doing today? Let's talk about this. I am doing absolutely fantastic, Michael. Thank you for asking. Uh, Just before we start, I just wanted to let everyone know, thank you for listening to our podcast, and thank you for all the support we have received over the past couple of days, and we're glad that you really enjoyed our first uh, podcast. Uh, and- yeah, definitely. I, I, sorry, Ryan. Yeah, thank you guys so much, and continue to share our stuff, help grow the channel, and help grow the podcast. We would really like to get this to as many people as possible. And now, I just want to say to all the Do- all the Dodgers fans out there, you entitled bastards. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you didn't need it, but you got it. You got Trevor Bauer for three years, potentially. See, unlike my friend Michael right here, this is what it feels like to have owners who are willing to spend money on their players. (laughs) Ryan, you didn't have to go that far. We all get it. The A's, they don't have any money. They don't sign anyone. Except they They do have money. They trade everyone away every few years. Like, I get it. We don't need to talk about it, though. Except they do have money, Michael. But you know what? We'll we'll, we'll get into that later. There's plenty of opportunity in this podcast to where you can just roast your own team. A lot of pain, also. Yes. But anyways, uh, Dodgers just, just getting even more loaded. It's ridiculous, dude. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Like, they, they just won the World Series. They, they they don't need to go back for a while now. But here they are, probably going to go back to the World Series because they just signed Trevor Bauer. So, I mean, this. The, but like, one thing that's important, this pitching rotation is what probably the best pitching rotation of all time if everyone like lives up to what they're supposed to do. You have Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Trevor Bauer, David Price, who's going to be completely fresh. He hasn't pitched since 2019, at least. I don't remember the last time he pitched. And then um, Julio Urias, and then Dustin May also, and Tony Gonsolin. Like, seven quality starters that they have right now. The pitching staff is probably the best in baseball. It's not even close. Yeah, at this point, there's really no denying the Dodgers have the best, not only the best rotation, but the best team in baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, their starting lineup is ridiculous right now. Uh, was like so Will Smith a catcher, Muncie at first. Uh, you're gonna have Chris Taylor and Gavin Lux in the platoon at second. You're gonna have Corey Seager at short. You're probably gonna have Justin Turner at third, unless he signs somewhere else. It'll be Edwin Rios. Uh, in left field, you're gonna have AJ Pollock. In center, you're gonna have Cody Bellinger. In right field, some guy named Mookie Betts. So they're gonna have a really good roster. For 2021, I would expect them to be back in the World Series. I mean, it's, at this point, it's, it's World Series or bust again, right? Yeah, that Mookie guy's all right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Bauer, the reigning Cy Young Award winner last year, phenomenal year, 1.74 ERA, 100Ks, 0.79 whip. I mean, there's not, and he seems to be getting better. That's the scary part. Yeah. So, I mean, one question I want to ask you, Ryan, would you have paid, $40 million for one year of Trevor Bauer. Uh, you want my biased answer? Or you want my uh, Dodger-minded answer? I want you as a St. Louis Cardinals fan, would you have, like, thinking that money is no object, would you have gotten 
Trevor Bauer for $40 million? No. Okay. And I think pretty much every single team is on that same boat because that is, let's be honest, it's way too much money for him. It's so much. It's so expensive. And then another thing, the second year is $45 million. Like, that's insane. It's so much money. Like, it's, I, I don't know. Like Yet, yet it's probably pocket change to the Dodgers owners. It's yeah, a, that's that's true. So, you see, as a Dodger, my, as a, if I was a Dodger fan, my, my thing is like, screw it. Let's get Bauer. Why not? You know, just increase our chances even higher. Yeah, you know? there's no doubt. Especially when you're they're playing a game of poker with the Padres for the NLS right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the Padres, they get they play their play their hand and get Snell and Darvish, but then the Dodgers just go out pretty much going all in once they get once they resign Turner. And yeah, they're, they're for Bauer. sure all in right now. And the scary thing about them too is that this window is a long window of opportunity. And not to mention their farm system is still loaded. <laughs> The Dodgers are going to be good for the next twenty years. Like that's that's what we're looking at right now. Unless it's, something uh, crazy happens, yeah, the Dodgers are going to be relevant for a very very long time. Yeah, and like the the only thing that could like in the future is like you're going to have uh, Kershaw retiring at some point, but they have the money to go out there and pay a starting pitcher. They just proved that with Trevor Bauer, and they still have Kershaw. That's like there's seventy million dollars between Kershaw and Bauer alone. Yeah, not to mention they have another future Cy Young Award winner in Walker Bueller. Yeah, they have That's... three Cy Young Award winners on their roster on their starting rotation right now. Yeah, Kershaw, exactly. Price, and Bauer. Yeah, it it's scary. <laughs> it's that... so scary. So. I, I want. I would like to say I'm happy for Trevor Bauer because he got what he wanted. Um, I'm also very sorry to any Mets fans who listen to us. Um, yeah. Oh my god. I'm sure you probably put a hit out on Trevor Bauer. And how about some absolute blue balls from Bob Nightingale tweeting last night? Bauer to the Mets. Yeah. Deal done. Deal is done. <laughs> yeah. Psych. Turned a full 180 and said, I'm going to sign with my hometown team. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the main reasons he went there. Yeah, I think so too. Also, you can't really uh, you can't really call Bauer a snake here and call him a Kevin Durant of baseball. Like, come on. It's so different between baseball and basketball. Yeah. I mean, well, Bauer has plenty of more personal reasons. He's going back to going to L.A. He's from Southern California and Dodgers were his team. He went to UCLA. His family is still there. Mm-hmm. And on other personal notes, I think the Dodgers not only would have been not only gave him the most amount of money, but are going to allow him to do all the stuff that he wants to do, especially with all this with all the content he wants to do for his YouTube channel. Yeah, and honestly, I think any team that was going after him that was going to be allowed to happen. And I don't even think it's like an allowed thing. Even if they said no, he was still going to do it. Like, what were they going to do? Fine him or whatever? Like, like even if like yeah. he signed with the Yankees, like a very classy organization, I, I still would imagine that he's going to do all that stuff. But then again, you could also make the argument that the Yankees were never, op- never an option for that reason alone. No, there's no shot they would they would have allowed Bauer to do all that stuff in their clubhouse or yeah, whatever. Uh, 
I mean, honestly, when you when you think about it on a deeper perspective, Trevor, this is the best spot to land for Trevor Bauer so he can promote his ideas on how baseball should be today and to help kind of, I would say, make baseball more popular among younger generations. There's no better place to do that than in Los Angeles. How about just California in general? Because uh, California yeah. is one of the biggest baseball states. It's California, Florida, and Texas. Well, I'm just saying that just because Los Angeles, you got Hollywood, Hollywood right there. Mm-hmm. You've got USC Film School. You've got all these major platforms that could be used to his advantage. I mean, he's trying to grow his marketing company or his media company momentum. Yeah, exactly. So but Yeah, so uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about Trevor Bauer? I mean... It's, uh, it's it's difficult to like <laughs> fantastic job on the trolling my friend oh that my god that hilarious. was absolutely hilarious with signing the whole bob nightingale thing last night and then i saw on his like instagram store he was selling uh like mets hats or like a t-shirt like a mets t-shirt that was up on the website and then it got pulled down right away and then like a couple <laughs> hours later oh i'm signing with the dodgers actually sorry oh my bad yeah <laughs> Did I, say I was going to the mets yikes An- no. another, but however there is one negative negative aspect to this only for his sake though his worst nightmare is on the padres yeah manny machado that's hilarious i'm i <laughs> it's dude, that's gonna be a great matchup to watch because they're gonna play each other well they, i mean the dodgers and the padres by 19 times and what is that equates probably like three or four starts maybe yeah so they're gonna face each other at least i would say 10 times <laughs> at least 10 times yeah I, and, I, I agree and uh i just remember the video of him just saying oh my god thank you from my friend for leaving for leaving the uh the al, the AL. no i don't have to worry about you because you own my ass or something like that he left the division right or uh, uh what did he do no, yeah, he no, because he left to. Oh, he left the league. Yeah, he left the AL. Yeah, he went to the yeah. NL, and, then, and now he's back in the NL and playing in the same <laughs> division as Manny. Exactly. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Put money you. on Manny Machado when they play each other. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, think. But yeah, so in this episode, we want to talk about the other major free agent signings for the rest of the teams in baseball. Um, so obviously, we're starting with the Dodgers in the NL West. Um, with Trevor Bauer, and we just covered that. So, Ryan, are you ready to move on to the Giants and their free agent signings? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know we have a lot of Giants fans listening to us. That is true. Uh, well, actually, I, Giants fans, uh, it's gonna be a rough couple years <laughs> with the with yeah. the Dodgers and the Padres. I but, mean, they they what was it in 2019? They made like a push to possibly make a, the playoffs. A a push. Yes, and then last year, I think they were pretty close to getting in. Yeah, but look at the look at the longevity that the Dodgers are producing right now. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm I'm talking more of an expanded playoffs situation. Oh, I see. Getting closer and closer. Oh, to I, happening. See. I see. Like, I see. A team mean. like the Giants could make the, make it to the playoffs again within two or three years. I would say. Yeah, but there's a difference between making the playoffs and actually doing something in the playoffs. Very true. But and they, so, have, and they have to go through two extremely good teams in their division. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm saying the team could compete. How about that? 
in a couple of years. Um, a couple starting years. with the Tommy LaStella signing, Kevin Gosman accepting a qualifying offer, and John Brebbia from the Cardinals signing to the Giants. Also, so, Ryan, what you got on LaStella? Uh, uh, well, actually, LaStella was probably one of my favorite free agent signings. This is another guy who just seems to be getting better as he ages. Last two years, he's had he has a strikeout rate of 7.3%, which everyone loves to see. Oh yeah, and at 4.71 slugging percentage, and I, I believe it was what 2019 he had 20, 22 bombs, something. Yeah, in 2019 he was definitely that helped. He was helped out by the juice balls, but still, he is a very high contact guy. He's going to hit at the top of the Giants' uh, lineup, probably one or two. Um, he has proven that he can show some little bit of pop every now and then. Um, he's going to be with the Giants for three years, which is. Where I further my point, where in three years the Giants could be in the playoff position. Uh, I got to see Tommy LaStella firsthand with the A's. I really like the way he plays. He plays hard. He plays a really good defense at second base, and he's a really good top of the lineup hitter. Um, he actually hit three for us because we, I mean, we had guys go down an injury at near the end of the year. But he's a really good player. He's a baller. He's gonna go out there, and Giants fans, you're gonna love seeing Tommy LaStella. He's, he's gonna go out. Orange. He's gonna go out there and get the job done. And yeah, hundred percent. He's especially gonna do. The, he's gonna get the job done very well against right-handed pitchers. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Um. And then the other two guys that they signed, Kevin Gosman and John Brebbia. I feel like Kevin Gosman. He earned that qualifying offer. He pitched his butt off this year. Like he did really good. And I thought that it was a well-deserved nineteen point two million dollars, or however much the qualifying offer is. Thought that was perfect. Um. He's definitely earned to be the number one in San Francisco. Um, he's started, I mean, he's finally throwing strikes and he's not giving up a lot of home runs. So those are two things that equate to becoming a good pitcher. And he's throwing in the upper 90s right now. Uh, it's great for the Giants. I think he's going to stick around longer than this year, depending on how this year goes. But yeah, congrats to Kevin Gosman and the Giants for that qualifying offer. And finally, John Brebbia from the Cardinals, a relief pitcher, Side with the Giants, I think it's a just a great temporary move to get through this rebuilding phase. Yeah, it sucks to see Brebbia go as a Cardinals fan. He was always reliable in the, at that pen. Yet the Cardinals, the Cardinals bullpen is going to be just fine. We got Jordan Hicks coming back. Andrew Miller can hopefully return. Actually, Andrew Miller did pretty solid last year. Yeah, he's uh, still good. If Genesis Cabrera could somehow find a way to throw more strikes, uh, they're going to. Let's just let's just say they're going to be very comfortable when when having leads. Well, don't forget about Alex Reyes too. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and then there's only one more team to talk about in the NL West because the Diamondbacks and the Rockies have not and probably will not do anything. So we got the Padres and they signed Ha Young Kim out of the Korean leagues, um, and he done pretty solid in uh, Korea. So he hit 30 bombs last year for his team in Korea, along with hitting about, uh, he hit 30, sorry, 307, 306 last year uh, with 109 RBIs, 23 stolen bases, a 397 on-base percentage, and a 921 OPS in 138 games. So I think this is a pretty good sign for the Padres, and it's, you got him for four years. I don't know if he's going to be the starter going into 2021, but hey, 
it's good to take a risk. He's 25 years old. I think he'll be 25 when the season starts. I think it's a low risk deal. Um, and best case, worst case scenario, you took a risk and you have the money to pay him. I don't think he, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Um, yeah, I think it's a great thing for the Padres, and they could have a second baseman in them going forward. Exactly, and if it doesn't work out, they still have Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, and another thing, this is a guy that has almost a thousand hits in the Korean leagues because he came up when he was eighteen years old. Um, so he's he's good. He is a very good uh, player in Korea, and I think it very well could translate um, to playing in the big leagues. We'll see. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't, know, I don't know if he'll have that high of a ceiling as other overseas prospects like Ichiro. Uh, yeah, no. But there's always potential there. There's There can also be... Uh, it can also not work out in the team's favor, a.k.a. Dice came out to Zaka. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I believe we shall move on to the other Western division, the American League West. Yes. So, Michael... And let's start with the Astros. So Michael, let's start with... Uh, Probably one of the only players that we, at least I like, on this team, uh, Michael Brantley. Yeah, I, I I like Michael Brantley. There's nothing wrong with him at all. And, um, he is a very solid hitter. And it, sorry, Blue Jays fans, you kind of got blue balled because he was somehow it got announced that he had signed with the Blue Jays, and then two hours later, nope, he signed with the Astros on a two year deal. So. This is a really important move for the Astros team alone because they lost George Springer. And as soon as that happened, they knew that they needed to get back at least one of their outfielders in Michael Brantley. Exactly. Uh, when healthy, Michael Brantley is a top 25 hitter in baseball. Uh, not to mention, he's also a very good playoff hitter. In 2019, on their World Series run, he batted 346. Actually, another interesting fact about Brantley, he has the highest combined batting average in the majors since 2018. 309 with a very, so since he got to the pod or since he got to the Astros exactly with a very wow. low strikeout rate I think that this will come back to bite the Blue Jays uh eventually it's just mainly because Brantley is that veteran presence that they don't uh, they, yeah Springer is is a good option however Brantley has just been so consistent especially if he can stay healthy yeah I completely agree with you there um the other two moves that they made the Astros they signed a couple of bullpen pieces because their bullpen was trash last year. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Uh, Pedro Baez and Ryan Stanek are the two guys that they signed. And, uh, you know, none of them are closers. Neither of them are closers. So they're going to fill in some late inning roles for sure with Pedro Baez and Ryan Stanek. Um, Roberto Ozuna is still a free agent. The Astros could go out there and re-sign him. But for now, they made these two bullpen moves. And I think this is just, it's a need for the Astros. They needed a couple of bullpen pieces. They went out there, they got a couple of bullpen pieces. So props to them. Yeah, they they knew what they needed to do to address the bullpen issues. And yeah, they, I think they got some solid some solid options in Baez and Stanek. Yeah, so we have a couple more AL West teams that have some more minor moves. Uh, so with the Angels, they went out and signed Jose Quintana. And they also recently made a trade for Dexter Fowler. So first off, Jose Quintana, he, I think he's a solid pitcher, to be honest. I don't think he's so terrible. Uh, he was decent with the White Sox, I believe. And then he got traded to the Cubs. And with the Cubs, he did not do that good. 
So this is change scenery. He's going to LA. He's going to the Angels that they needed starting pitching badly. And there's pretty decent upside with Jose Quintana, honestly. Uh, we'll see what he does. Uh, hopes aren't terribly high, but there's a decent ceiling there uh, as a possibility. Um, you got anything on Jose Quintana, Ryan? Uh, no. Again, the Angels are trying to find some sort of ground when trying to develop a pitching staff. Uh, it's just, I just don't see them competing this year. Yeah, they, I, they I, have, I agree with you. They have the names. Sure, they got. They have Trout, obviously, but I think it's just going to be another year wasted. Between the Astros and the A's, uh, I don't think the Angels are there to compete yet. They have probably the best offense in the division, but offense doesn't do it when you can't. Well, when you can't have the other team score, when you can't stop the other team from scoring runs. Exactly. So uh, Dexter Fowler, what do you got on Dexter Fowler, Ryan? Um, two words. Actually, sorry, three absolute salary dump. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. Obviously, the Cardinals were hoping Dexter could return to his 2016 form. Um, just hasn't really worked out. Uh, I mean, not, I mean, obviously, good attitude. Not, not really to, not anything bad to say about him. It's just he was just very disappointing and obviously not a great signing for how much he signed for. Um, yeah, and uh, too bad Nolan Arenado and uh, Dexter Fowler couldn't have that reunion yeah, that, in St. Louis. That was hilarious. That was uh, <laughs> that was great timing. The Car- Cardinals tweeted a picture of Fowler and Arenado reuniting, and then five hours later, they traded Fowler. Yeah. Oops. Rip. <laughs> Gulp. And real quick, let's talk about the Rangers. Uh, they made a very underrated move in signing David Dahl, who... I believe is my favorite candidate for the biggest bounce back this year. Cause he did not do good in 2020 and the Rockies gave up on him. Don't know why they have a lot of money to spend clearly. Um, Cause they just cleared up. Actually, no, they didn't. Cause they paid $50 million for Nolan Arenado to go, to go play for the Cardinals. Love that. But anyways, <laughs> David Dahl, uh, I don't, as an A's fan, I don't like the move. Cause I think David Dahl, can grow into a really good baseball player. He was an all-star in 2019. 2020, I kind of throw everyone's ear out the window. If you did good, great. If you did bad, don't really care. I think you're gonna, I think those players are gonna bounce back. David Dahl, I think he is a prime candidate to bounce back in Texas. Texas is gonna have fans in in their in their stadium. Um I I I'm definitely high on a David Dahl bounce back. Yeah, I mean it's nice to see the Rangers can recognize that what David Dahl can do, as you said, that he is a 20 previous 2019 all-star. So it's just nice to see David Dahl getting another chance. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know why the Rockies gave up on him, uh, especially when they really don't have much help uh, in helping story and Blackman, especially with Arenado gone. Well, I don't think Story's making it through this year with, with the Rockies. Well, That's a whole other thing, but yeah. they're not, he's not he's not making the whole season. Oh, just, I know. I, I realize that. It's just there's just no help. Yeah, none at all. Uh, but yeah, um, nothing to talk about with the A's because, damn it, they're not signing anyone. Well, no, so. actually, there is plenty to talk about the A's, but we'll get to that later. Uh, let's, we'll get to that later. I've got, a, I've, I've got a lot to say about <laughs> a lot of stuff later. So NL Central, there's only three moves to talk about. 
We got Jock Peterson to the Cubs, Colton Wong to the Brewers, and Adam Wainwright re-signing with the Cardinals. So what do you got on Jock Peterson, Ryan? You know, after talking with a lot of Giants fans that I know, it's they were kind of shocked. They th- they honestly thought Jock could have gone home because he's from Palo Alto, and they could have got he could have gone home and been closer to his family. But uh, I mean, the Cubs. I wouldn't say this is a huge signing for them. I think it's a slight upgrade from Kyle Schwarber. They both struggled in twenty twenty, but like you said, you kind of twenty twenty is kind of a throwout throwout year for most players. However, he is much better defensively than Kyle Schwarber. In 2019, he had, he had a plus 12 defensive run saved. So, wow. not, did he uh, win a gold glove? I don't think so. Well, he had to have been close. He had to, be, had to have been up there because 12 defensive runs saved. That's, that's a pretty good number. <laughs> Dodgers fans, uh, obviously, D- Jock is a fan favorite. I know one of my teammates, uh, lo- or, sorry, former teammates, Jock is his favorite player. And now and he's a Dodgers fan. And uh, obviously, he probably cried seeing him go but then they have to remind themselves wait we're just we're still loaded <laughs> i know they it was a it was a luxury to have jock and it's for dodger fans yeah it kind of sucks because a lot of people like jock peterson but i'm excited for his opportunity in chicago um i think it's a little bit more than a small upgrade from schwarber um i think peterson is a very very good talent and i think that given an every single day role in Chicago, which is, I think is what he's due to get. I think it's going to be really great for him. Um, but yeah, Ryan, he's, let's. He's, well, to oh, up on Jock, he has been very solid in the playoffs. I will give him that. However, the reason why he's compared to Schwarber is because of their struggles against left handed hitter, left handed pitchers. Yeah, that's the one thing he's got to try and work on. Um, 191 career average. I don't think there's many lefties in the central. No. Am I crazy to think that? Well, the Cardinals don't have any. At least I can think of. Off to, uh, yeah, I don't think the Brewers have any either. I think the Brewers have one guy. I can't remember his name. I know Wade Miley is on the Reds. And the Cubs... I know, sorry, he's, he's on, on, the, he's on Cubs. the Cubs. Jeez. Uh, Pirates, I have no idea. The Pirates did, start uh, Brault. So. Brault is a left-handed pitcher. So That's right. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, there's not a lot of lefties in that division. So it might be a really good fit for Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% um, agree. Speaking of the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, your old second baseman, Colton Wong, just signed a two-year, $18 million deal with the Brewers. What's your, what you got on that, Ryan? Uh, you know, as a Cardinals fan, yeah, it, it sucks to see him go. However, we're going to be fine. We still have Tommy Edmond, who has been much better offensively. Obviously, a huge, I wouldn't say huge deal. Uh, degrade in defense but obviously a loss in defense uh however the brewers are replacing the weakest defensive second baseman in keston hyra to the best second defensive second baseman in colton wong uh however really i didn't realize here it was that bad at second base yeah no bueno okay wow and then uh hyra is still a good hitter don't get me wrong but he'll most likely try move him to a different position possibly first base um, the thing with Colton Wong, good on base percentage, but very low power and hard hit rate. Um, yeah, he could he could put the ball in play, but usually, weak ground balls don't don't really help. Uh, he has been clutch. Uh, if people can remember, uh, unfortunately, there's a bad the series ended poorly for us. But against the Giants, I believe it was game 
five no I can't remember what game it was, but it was off of the walk-off home run against the Giants in the postseason off of Sergio Romo. So that was and a couple, five or six years ago? Yeah, and a couple of other key walk-off home runs thanks to Colton Wong. However, with the Cardinals, they weren't... Didn't he also get picked off to like lose the World Series? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I remind you. It was to lose the game. We didn't... Yeah, but like it led to losing the World Series. Yes, well... I can get into that into that world <laughs> in a different video, but the Red yeah. Sox were the team of destiny. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I can get into it in a later later uh, video if people choose, if people want me to go on a rant about that. However, we'll get into it. Uh, Cardinals they weren't really going to pay to his demands. I think the battle. I didn't think they had to. I think they had good, like, like well, you said, Tommy Edmond and Matt Carpenter are going to fill in the second base. I think that's. That's good. That's more than good enough to fill in that role. Colton Wong was just upset that they didn't pick up his twelve point five million dollar million dollar option, and they gave him a very poor offer. Uh, I think it was like th- almost three four million dollars less than less than his option. So like around eight or nine million, which obviously you know I don't really blame him. And right. um, yeah, I it's just and unfortunately he goes to a division rival. However. Uh, I hope he can prove the prove the Cardinals wrong. Uh, it, yeah, it's just it's not the end. It's again, it's not the end of the world. We have Tommy Edmond. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's move on to the last one. Kind of a lower key move. It's the Cardinals bringing back Adam Wainwright on a one year deal, and I think we can pair that up. It's not official. Not even announced yet. Yadi's coming back too. So I think Cardinals yeah, re-signing Yachty. Adam Wainwright and Yadi or Molina hasn't been hasn't been announced. It's not official. There's no news about it. Yeah. But uh, he's coming back to the Cardinals. They're going to make it happen. And I think this will probably be their last year playing together. Um. So Ryan, real quick, talk to me about Wainwright and Yadi. This is more of just well, Yadi. You we can't again. We don't know if he. I, I think he's obviously. I think he's going to resign with us. But Wainwright, you got to bring him back. He actually had a really good year last year. Veteran arm out. Uh, veteran arm probably going to be our number number four, I would say, three or four, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Wainwright keeps pitching the way he's been pitching, that at his age, I mean, why not? Keep bringing it back up when your deals. Exactly. Yeah. And you got to keep bringing Yachty. And back we're going to keep exactly. Well, we can't we can't break up the battery, you know. And especially Yachty's our leader. Exactly. So, so uh, with that, let's move to the AL Central. Um, first up, let's real quickly. The Royals made a couple of notable moves. They re, they signed Carlos Santana, uh, and they signed Mike Miner to a couple of two year deals. Now, I, th- I think it's safe to say these are just deals to help them through the rebuilding process. Um, that offense, we know the offense is good, but there's just no pitching at all. Um, Brady Singer is up, but yeah, I, I I don't see much with these deals at all. I think I, it's just hoping to rebuild. I wouldn't say they have no pitching, but the pitching staff isn't the best. Brady Singer is a, is a good solid option. Uh, Nick Stalmont, the guy who throws like 102, he's he's pretty good. But other than that, yeah, Mike Miner is just going to eat up innings for them, provide some veteran leadership. I think he's going to help uh, mold Brady Singer. A little bit, give and then give him some advice. And Ace Lacy, yeah, Ace Lacy, uh, gonna be absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and let's be honest, the Royals are 
they're not going to be good until Bobby Witt Jr. comes up, and that's still probably a year or two away. So there's, I mean, there's not much to talk about well, here. Another, um, thing, I was, another thing I like to mention is that I think the Royals are actually going to be a little scrappy because, you know, the, you'll have a couple of starts where like Singer just absolutely shoves or maybe another one of their starters just absolutely dominates. And you got Solaire, who is their power threat, Whit Merrifield, who's, I think, a stud. Mm-hmm. And then Carlos Santana will actually provide a little bit of protection for Solaire. So I think the Royals could sneak in a few wins and could be a little thorn in the side of those dominant AL Central teams, a.k.a. the White Sox and the Indians and the Twins and the Twins. So I would say that I wouldn't say that they're going to they're just going to be that. Yeah, like you said, they're going to be the thorn. They're going to be the team that keeps teams out of the playoffs potentially by beating them late in the year. You know? Yeah. Sorry, Tigers fans. Uh, You still got a while. Yeah, you guys suck. Your your only notable move is signing Robbie Grossman. Congratulations. Um, Settle, Michael. Yeah, you you suck. (laughs) Whatever. A suck. We don't sign anyone. Whatever. We even let Robbie Grossman go. How good are we? Uh, Twins. Twins. They re-signed Nelson Cruz. They signed Alex Colomay. They signed Hansel Robles. And they signed Angelton Simmons. Ryan, what do you got in those moves? Well, uh, the most expected signing in Nelson Cruz... Yeah, uh, this, no is, this is probably going to be a trend if Nelson of one-year deals for Nelson Cruz if he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, my God, just an absolute... He's 40 years old. 40, and he's still he's 41, and he's still dropping absolute nukes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, not much to hate on the offensive side. Last year, hit 303, 397 on-base percentage, and an impressive 992 OPS with 16 bombs as a 41-year-old. Obviously, and in a, 20, a 60 game season. Yeah. So obviously, transit that over a full season. That's like 35 or 40 home runs. Exactly. Obviously, a DH role for Nelson Cruz. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they keep their elite. We all know how he did in right field in 2011. They keep their elite power hitter in Nelson Cruz. Um, this, is, this probably won't happen, but I think the Twins are kind of hoping in the back of their minds that Nelson Cruz can unleash the uh, unstoppable form he was in. On, when he was on the Texas Rangers in the playoffs, when they made that 2011 World Series run, however, uh, just don't run into the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, they've also they signed a closer. Um, they have another guy that can save games for them, and Alex Colomay. Now, granted, I don't think he'll be their closer because they have Taylor Rogers, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't. He he won't be closing games for them. I think it's a move to replace Trevor May, who signed with the Mets, and we'll get into that later, but. Alex Colome signed with the Twins. Yeah, and then uh, Ansel Robles too, another bullpen guy. He needs to have a bounce back here, though. He 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 still has stuff to prove to me. But he's saved a couple of games for the Angels and did not do good in that in that spot. I would see him as more of like a sixth or seventh inning guy. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Angelton Simmons, the best defensive shortstop in baseball, uh, signs with the Twins as well. And I think that's probably going to come out as one of the most underrated moves this offseason. Well, it's a major upgrade on defense, that's for sure. Jorge Polanco struggled in the field last yeah. year. And there's not a big drop-off in offense, too, because Simmons is one of the hardest guys to strike out in baseball. Uh, Yeah, at the same time, Simmons has had an injury history. However, uh, there is a potential that this one-year deal could be potential in case we bring up some guy named Royce Lewis up and kind of teach him the ropes. <laughs> I heard he's pretty good. I think he's the, what their number one prospect. <laughs> uh, they have a couple good ones actually. 
they got a couple guys coming up, and so this this twins window is still kind of there. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, you got anything else with the twins? Uh, not much. Not just, much I mean, honestly. they made four solid moves to upgrade their team. I like what they did. I would imagine this. I would. I would predict that they will be back in the playoffs. Well, they, they did get rid of one guy who was kind of like, oh, that's that sucks. I thought he was actually pretty good for them, and that he actually went to. Uh, one of their division rivals in the Cleveland Indians, and that it would be Eddie Rosario. Yeah, you know that was actually when they uh, they non tendered him, which means that they didn't give him a contract. That was surprising, and I'm really glad that they that the Indians identified that and they actually spent some money. Well, <laughs> because that right now I think their total payroll is forty two million dollars. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so. Indians fans, uh, I think you can answer this question, but uh, Lindor and Carrasco or just strictly Eddie Rosario? <laughs> Moving on. Well, anyways, uh, uh, they also signed Cesar Hernandez to play second base, probably. Look, with the Indians, I have no idea where they are as a franchise. They're a joke of a franchise. Um, their owners are terrible. They won't spend a dime. Like those teams that don't have money, they're making a ton of money. They're just refusing to spend it back on the team. Uh, the, the Indians, the A's, the Tampa Bay Rays, um, and I mean Pittsburgh is just a joke. I have no idea what's going on there. But like those four franchises, they don't have owners that want to spend money, which is sad. It's terrible. I feel it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, Before we move on to the next team, uh. I have a few interesting stats about Eddie Rosario. Ooh, okay. So the Indians, this is like, he's their standout outfield bat 100% at this point. However, Eddie Rosario has the sixth most RBIs and extra base hits since 2017. Sixth most. And in the RBI category since 2019, guess who he's ahead of? Uh, Lindor? Better. Better than Lindor? Trout? Ding, ding, ding. No way. The head of Mike Trout in RBI since 2019. Really? Yes. However, the reason why the Twins had to not tender uh, Eddie Rosario, well, it's because I think they had to decide between whether to go younger and, and pretty much, I would say, make it, make a, everyday spot open for Alex Karuloff, Brent Rooker, or even Trevor Larnack? I would say actually Trevor Larnack before well, before Rooker. Well, I would say Karuloff and Rooker are already up technically. And Karuloff has been more than ready. And, yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm just saying the Twins were in a tough spot. And pretty much another reason why is because his he was arbitration eligible. So, and I think that they were afraid that his salary demands would have been a lot higher. So they're just like, screw it. We're going to go younger. Give Kirilov a chance. Britt Rooker a chance at even Larnack. So um, again, I think this is, obviously it sucks for the for the Twins to see him go because he's been the, with the team since, for what, six years? But the Indians, been a while, yeah. the Indians, good, good solid bat. Yeah, I agree. Um, we can skip over the White Sox, I think. I don't, I don't want to because I I know there's a huge rant coming, but let's actually start with Adam Eaton because they they uh, they signed Adam Eaton. Uh, yeah, the only notable move. 
<laughs> well, what do you have on Adam Eaton before we get into the nitty gritty? Uh, he's not a really good clubhouse guy. I didn't <laughs> see why they made the move, to be honest. I didn't think that they needed it, but hey. I think I think Adam Eaton saw the dealers like, oh, this team's getting really good. Why not win another World Series? I just won one. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Then, um, you know what, let's move so on. let's move on to the AL East now. Oh, wait, psych. Uh, Liam Hendricks. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Michael, the floor is yours. I don't, I, but I don't have anything to say, Ryan. Are you sure? Because I, I have a few things. Well, granted, I'll, I'll say one thing. I don't, okay. There was no way the A's were going to re-sign Liam Hendricks <laughs> with that amount of money that he got. Four years, fifty-four million. Right, three or years, three years, three years, fifty-four million dollars. I mean, okay. Most teams weren't going to spend seventeen million dollars on a reliever <laughs> a year. So I would say Liam Hendricks, okay, I'm cool with it. Go win a, go win some playoff games with the White Sox. We'll probably see you in the playoffs when you're playing with the White Sox. Um, you know, it, it, it stings because we are the team that made him who he is. And um, I don't know. Kind of sucks. All right. I feel like if we would have offered him $15 million, he probably would have stayed. But hey, um, at least. So just to uh, kind of push the put put the foot down on your neck even harder, I would. You don't have to do this, Ryan. Here's some stats for all our listeners out there. Oh, um, <laughs> 1.79 ERA since 2019 is the best in the majors under a minimum of 100 innings pitched. 0.9 whip in that span. Third in the majors, walk rate of 3.3%, most saves since taking over as closer in 2019. Second is Josh Hader, who had 33, Hendricks had 39. So uh, I think you can say, I think it's safe to say here, the stats do not lie. And he is the best reliever in baseball. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, well, we'll get to Michael's uh, pain. We'll get to <laughs> give Michael some more pain later on. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, Oh, well, look, look, the division I actually was look, really looking forward to. Yeah, well, both of these divisions, both of the East divisions have a lot of really good moves and a lot of just straight movement in these last couple of teams. So let's let's get into it. Huh? Let's start with the Red Sox. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of all three of these moves. Hunter Renfro, Kike Hernandez, and Garrett Richards. I think these are three moves that are... Big upside and not a lot of downside. Yeah, I I think it's especially with Hunter Renfro. I mean, that guy, I mean, obviously he didn't really uh, do too hot in Tampa. He is going to love the monster. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's going to love it. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Uh, Kike, once again, the Dodgers losing their, probably their biggest fan favorite in Kike Hernandez. Oh, he's a huge fan favorite. I love Kike Hernandez. Once again, you're still loaded. Yeah, it's okay, Dodger fans. So, you're, it's not like you're losing Liam Hendricks or Marcus Semien. Okay, don't spoil anything, Michael. Don't complain. <laughs> uh, yeah. So shut up about your complaining about uh, Kike. Whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, and Garrett Richards is the final guy that signed with the Red Sox. Solid move, solid pitcher. They needed starting rotation because they didn't have a starting rotation, um, and I don't think they do either for this year. I think they had. It's like what. Nathan Uvaldi, Martin Perez, now Garrett Richards. Chris Sitter, is he still hurt? I think he's still going to be recovering until May or June, probably. 
Yeah. Even then, the Red Sox, they're not doing well in this division. They're now the fourth best team in this division and on their way to being the worst team in the division when the Orioles start getting good. Um, but now let's move on to the Rays. Uh, Chris Absolutely Archer. Hilarious. The funniest <laughs> trade of all time. <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, you you know that uh, Thanos meme where he's like, <laughs> uh, you can you couldn't uh, live with your own failure. And where did that lead you? Back to me. Yep. And uh, so, if, for, for those of you that don't know, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Pittsburgh Pirates made a trade a few years ago. The Rays traded away Chris Archer to the Pirates for Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass. Now, Tyler Glass now is now a one of the best pitchers in baseball, and Austin Meadows has turned himself into possibly an All Star and a really good right fielder. While Chris Chris Archer Chris Archer sucks in Pittsburgh. He in 33 starts, 4.92 ERA, and riddled with injuries. He had a hernia surgery and thumb and sh- shoulder problems. And now he's back with Tampa, and he's going to do good with Tampa. So that's one I'm targeting in my fantasy draft this year, honestly. Uh, so this is just a classic uh, occasion of the Pirates being the Pirates, but. Good thing they declined his $11 million option because that would have been just an absolute waste. Yeah, it's just a waste um, of money because Pittsburgh is a joke of franchise. I think the Rays are just going to try and fix whatever was going on with Archer in Pittsburgh and fill an empty hole in the rotation with the loss of Morton and Snell. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I, I'm not worried about the Rays at all. I think they're going to be right back in the playoffs. Well, like I, said, um, like I said, I think they're hoping that he could return to form when he was actually a pretty solid starter in Tampa, but it's going to be tough. The AL East division is getting better, especially with the Blue Jays on the rise. The Yankees, yeah. and the Yankees, and the Yankees. I don't think the Yankees have gotten any better. They signed DJ LeMahieu, obviously to their best player. They re-signed him, and they signed Corey Kluber, who hasn't pitched a full season in two or three years now. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. They lost James Paxton. They lost Masahiro Tanaka. He went back to Japan. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just, I don't think the Yankees are any better. I think they're just, their version of being better is Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Gio Urshela staying healthy. I think that's the only thing that they need. Well, if those guys can stay healthy, that alone makes them a better team. Well, I think the, uh, the biggest surprise from this, from this signing for DJ LeMahieu uh, just an absolute steal of a contract for the Yankees. Um, six years, ninety million for their best. Look, I, I I understand that. I think with DJ, I think he was he could have probably taken a less year deal for more annual value. I think what he wanted was the years. So I think he wanted to be comfortable where he is. He got six years. And I think ninety million is probably pretty fair for his age. What is he? How old is DJ Lemayhew? That is an excellent question. I can find out right now. Uh, well, go it's, ahead. And, it's, what do you? What do you? What do you got on DJ Lemayhew while we're uh, while I'm looking this up? Well, like you already stated, Yankees fans, just take the. Just remember, this is your best player. No, it's not Aaron Judge or freaking Stanton, who can't seem to stay healthy to save his life. It's DJ LeMayhew. Two years, 336 average, 3, 386 on base percentage, 536 slugging. 
top five in MVP voting in both years. So, I mean, they got the Yankees had a plan bring back DJ Mayhew. I don't think DJ really wanted to go anywhere else. I think he just he was tired of moving because I know he got dra- he was uh, he came up f- through the Cubs farm system, then he went to the Rockies, and I believe. And I believe, yeah, then he ended up as a Yankee. I just think he wants to stay put for a while. And I think the Yankees are a great organization to stay with. <laughs> they're going to be. Yeah, and he's, he's 32 years old. They're going to be in contention for a while, especially with how good their farm system is. And, I mean, yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I think that it's a really good signing for um, the Yankees. They, they needed to bring him back, they got him back, they got him on a good deal. Good for them. And then Corey Kluber, um, another one of my bounce back candidates because he is a two-time Cy Young winner, right? Yes. Yes. So, hey, good for the Yankees. Uh, they needed to make that move. They made the move. Props. I give them a ton of props um, for that. So, if I had any, av- any advice for Corey Kluber, uh, keep the ball down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can stress that enough. Yankee Stadium, right field, short porch. Yeah, keep the ball down, buddy. Uh, all right. Well, Michael, ready for some more pain? Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with their probably most significant signing, uh, the Blue Jays, signing George Springer. Take- I'm so glad he's out of the division. I'm so glad he's out of the AL West. Um, and I'm really happy for him to be with the Blue Jays. I mean, what can you ask for in a leadoff hitter? Honestly, I mean... Not only solid, solid lead leadoff hitter, but tons of power. I would. Yeah, uh, you said it. He's probably the. I don't. I don't know if I want to say this, but he's probably the best all around leadoff hitter since Ricky. So I actually have a quote from George Springer as to why one of the probably the main reason why he left. Okay. This team is built to win. Which, okay, you can't really argue with that. I mean, this is probably the most exciting team in baseball. You've got Vladdy Jr., you've got Bo Bichette, you've got Kevin Biggio, Lourdes Goriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, who are all starting to looking that they're going to be solid players. And now you've got Springer in, the out, in that outfield. I mean, the Blue Jays are going to be dangerous. They're, uh, I, hmm. they have a team that is probably going to make the playoffs. I would, I would put money on that they're going to make the playoffs. They might be the best team in this division. They might be. I don't want to put that label on them right now because they're starting pitching in their bullpen. I don't know enough right now, but hey, they might be the best team in the division. When it when we get to October, well, <laughs> okay. Well, when it comes to, I mean, they did get some bullpen help. Some guy named Kirby Yates. He's pretty good. Yeah, he is a bona fide closer, no doubt. He is going to help out the Blue Jays for sure. He's going to close out their games. He's going to be that guy to lock down these wins that they 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 needed someone like that. And I'm glad that they got Kirby Yates. Uh, obviously, had an absolutely elite year in 2019 one one nine era 41 saves 
and an absolutely this absolutely disgusting splitter. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, this move pretty much solidifies the bullpen with lots of flamethrowers and high strikeout volume guys. Uh, actually, before uh, we move on to the next uh, free agent signing, uh, I have another interesting fact about Springer. Ooh, okay. So this is actually the largest free agent contract in Blue Jays history. Really? Can you guess who is the second largest? In Blue Jays history? Yeah. Is it Jose Bautista? Nope. Um, I don't think you're going to get it. Hinjin Ryu? No. Really? Okay, then one more guess. Uh, Joe Carter? No. Okay, what do we got? Russell Martin. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, not who I was expecting to be their long, largest contract, but hey. Second, yeah, second largest. Okay. Right. Uh, well, uh, is it time? Uh no, I think I think we can I think we can move on to the analysis. Uh, no, 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 no. There, we're still missing uh, actually one more guy. Here's the issue that I have with the Oakland A's. <laughs> um, you got a guy, a Bay Area guy, in Marcus Semyon. I okay, great story. When he was a rookie, oh, sorry, when he got traded to the A's, his first year with the A's. My dad and I went to a game. We sat in the diamond level seats, which is right behind home plate. And we sit next to this guy and we start talking to him. And he says that his nephew is playing shortstop. We're like, what? Marcus Semyon. That's his, his nephew is Marcus Semyon. Mm-hmm. So we're talking. And he's like, yeah, he's Bay Area. He went to high school in the Bay Area. He went to Cal. You know, now he's with the A's. It's, it's a great thing. He loves being here. You know, we, we love that he's close to family and friends and great. I'm so happy. And, you know, he sucked that year. He sucked for a couple of years with A's. And he turned himself from a bad infielder to an MVP candidate in 2019. He came in second or third third place, I believe, in the MVP voting. Like, Marcus Semyon is a very good baseball player. He had a bad year in 2020, which is why I was like, hey, the A's could sign him. Not only did they not sign him. <laughs> They offered him an absolute joke of a yeah, deal. Absolutely brutal, brutal offer. So he got an $18.5 million deal with the Blue Jays, which was $700,000 less than the qualifying offer, which, by the way, the A's did not offer Marcus Emmion, which in hindsight, they probably should have. Because if they did, they would have gotten a draft pick with him signing with the Blue Jays. But I digress. We offered him a one-year, $12.5 million contract. Not even close to $18 million, $18.5 million. And the kicker, the absolute kicker of this deal, the A's offered Marcus Semyon. We offered him $10 million of that $12.5 million to be deferred as $1 million payments over 10 years. <laughs> In what world... Would Marcus Semyon have taken that deal? He probably... Well, here's the other thing. He reached out to the A's. The A's didn't reach out to him. He had to reach out to the A's for this I, deal to get sent to I actually have him. a quote. He's, he, and I quote from Marcus Semyon. I mean, we called them. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. And that you don't see this happening with other sports. 
You know, there. I mean, sure, there's some basketball teams that just don't know how to run their team and they trade away all their good players all the time. But with baseball, there seems to be like four or five teams that you constantly see trading away their talent, not signing any free agents. And what what you're seeing is owners that are greedy as hell. All they want to do is make their money and that's it because they're, you know, running a business, whatever. You can call it as it is. But you're telling me that like a team like the Giants, the Padres, even the Rangers, a team that hasn't been that good, they're still making so much money as a franchise and they're spending money on players. And like, it's not that big of a difference. And for the A's to claim they don't have any money to claim that they're poor. It's ridiculous when the A's have one of the richest owners in baseball. So I would like to to have the commissioner of baseball force a sell of the A's force the sell of the Indians and force the sell of the pirates, because it's absolutely ridiculous that these three teams are getting away with what they're doing. They need, if you have more competitive teams, you're making the game better you're making more money across the league because you have better teams across the league at that point. It, it's just ridiculous. And John Fisher, who is the owner of the A's needs to just needs to sell. The team is worth $1.1 billion. There's so many uh, tech and social media executives in the Bay area. I'm sure one of them could get a group together to buy the A's for 1.1 billion and make this team a winner. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm just I'm so frustrated because I thought if anyone was going to come back, it was gonna be Marcus Semyon, and here we are, and we barely even made an offer. Well, there you have it. The Michael Newman rant I was waiting for. <sighs> I'm glad I got it off my chest. Can but you summarize hey, your uh, desire. The well, A's are still gonna win this division. Uh so you know it. We're gonna be we're gonna be all right, and I'm really hoping that there's a, a change in ownership here soon. So, pretty much to summarize it, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Newman quotes: "Sell the team." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. All right, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Groves. We have breaking news in the Major League Baseball world as we are recording this podcast. Oh yeah, on February fifth of the year 2021. The Atlanta Braves have re-signed Marcel Ozuna to a four-year, $65 million contract with a fifth-year option that would take the contract up to $80 million. Well, <laughs> there goes a there goes the uh, possibility of a Yachty-Ozuna reunion that they wanted. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, this is what the Braves needed to do. They needed to bring back their guy, the guy who really enjoys playing in Atlanta and they got him on a pretty good contract. And not just that their lineup's just even scarier now. Yeah. I think the contract, if I'm, if my math is correct, it is about $16 million a year. Yeah. And then, uh, it would be $15 million for the uh, fifth year option. Mm -hmm. Um, but wow. And, you know, I, I think there's something to say when you have in the outfield for the Braves, you have 
you had three gold glovers potentially to play. You can afford to have a Marcelo Zuna playing the outfield for another year or two, depending on when the universal DH comes, because it's coming. They can afford to have him play left field for one more season or two more seasons because he's serviceable. He's not a gold glove winner. He won't ever be a gold glove winner, but he is a serviceable outfielder. And I'm glad that that the Braves recognize this and they're still rewarding him for being the player that he is because they know the DH is coming and they could put him at the DH in a few years. That is it. I completely agree. Um, <laughs> however, Ozuna has won a gold glove award when he was with the Marlins. Yeah, it's been a while and oh, yeah, he's, he's not going to win one anytime soon. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the Braves, yeah, reward the guy. He's he was an MVP candidate. <laughs> There's not much else to say. Like, why wouldn't you bring him back, especially if no other team wants to risk him in the outfield for a year or two? And yeah, and you know, instead, just wait for that universal DH rule to come in. So, and that's what that's the reason why Nelson Cruz went back to the Twins, or he could have gone to any AL team that was interested in him because he wasn't gonna, wasn't going to go to the NL, as I'm sure no other team except for the Braves would be willing to risk it. Actually, probably not for Nelson Cruz, but I'm just saying no team in the NL would risk that for a... Well, I actually thought that the the Mets had a chance at signing Ozuna after they didn't get Springer. Um, I just think that he didn't want to leave Atlanta. If he was... I think he had his his best year of his career there. Um, And I think he just wanted to say, I think it comes down to that. Um, The other notable move that the Braves made was uh, signing Charlie Morton to a contract. So, Ryan, what you got on Charlie Morton? Well, the Braves finally have an ace. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm uh, glad that they got their number one. Not only does he have loads of playoff experience, veteran mm-hmm. leadership with a young, young pitching rotation in Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka. Uh, I mean, the Braves... The Braves <laughs> I think you're forgetting something. I, I am. I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. How about Max Freed? Oh, yeah, that guy. I know that guy. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, I mean, the Braves—they're—they're they're making the right moves when they need to, and they—they they know like this is the year to be to. This is one of the years that they can start truly, truly taking on those Dodgers or those other Padres or all the all those just absolutely loaded teams. Because you think this one move does that for them? I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying. I, I don't know if I, re-signing one guy and then no, no, signing no. a top three pitcher is that. I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to beat them. I'm saying that they're, they're going to have a more competition with those two power with those two powerhouse teams. I personally think they just need more bullpen help. Yeah, I, I'm in that same boat too. And there's there's I mean obviously there's a there's a ton of bullpen guys still out there, so they they can sign guys there. But yeah, I I, I like this move for the Braves. I think it's definitely a excuse me, uh, definitely a team upgrade. So yeah, I mean, this division is just, it's loaded. This is a really, really, really good division. Um, with that, I think let's, let's move on to the Washington nationals. Uh, yeah. I mean, nationals signed Kyle Schwarber. Uh, not much. I think they just need another power hitter in that lineup. Uh, they, they needed a power left-handed bat. I think that's, that's all, that's all it is. Just there. Don't have them face lefties. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, then John Lester and Brad Hand are the two other guys. That they Lester, signed. I think it was just to complete that rotation with a veteran reliever. Sorry, not reliever, pitcher with tons of tons of playoff experience. Um, Just think about how good the Nationals rotation would be is if if it was 2017. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> it'd be crazy. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Strasburg, Corbin, Lester. The mo- see, yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be nuts. The move the move <laughs> that stands out for me. For the Brave, sorry, the uh, national sorry, thank you. Is the Brad Hand move? I do not like this move. Why? Yeah, I didn't. You, I mean, I thought it was a decent move to to upgrade their bullpen, something that they needed after Sean Doolittle left. Um, so I, I, I'm really curious to see what you have to say. So Brad Hand has been obviously a solid and effective reliever over the last couple of years. However, there's way too many red, red flags for me to, to sign him. His ground ball rate has dropped significantly from 46.2% from 2016 to 2019 to 26.6% in tw- 2020. Okay. So if I, again, if I was the Braves lineup, I'd be licking my chops right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the only argument well, that I'll make I, I, against it is because of 2020. Well, uh, again, I, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> oh, a huge, oh, okay. huge decrease in velo in his fastball. He's down around 91 now. That's, Ooh. that's, yikes. I mean, he's below the average. I mean, if he can dot, I mean, I, Brad Hand is probably one of those guys who can dot up the strike zone. However, we have seen him make many mistakes. I know uh, that Matt Chapman walk off was a mistake. <laughs> There's also a Jed Lowry walk off yeah. that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, he sucks against the A's. Um, so. And his slider, his best pitch is his slider, and his that and the slider on sorry the velo on that pitch is down, and his swinging strike rate is the lowest it's ever been. Oof. So. Who knows? Maybe, so maybe, maybe Brad Hand can prove me wrong, but I just don't think that's going to really improve the Nationals' bullpen needs at all. Yeah. I, it's it's definitely a move. We'll, I don't know if it's a very significant one, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like the Nationals in the bounce-back campaign. I actually think that they're probably one of the lower teams in this division now. You think so? Uh, with that, with that I, rotation? I, I, Dude, Atlanta is probably well, number one. Okay, yeah, two. but that doesn't mean that the Nationals can't make the playoffs. I'm looking the Nationals in at a, at a three right now. Oh, you think the Mets are gonna take are gonna beat the? Uh... I got the Braves, and then I got the Mets, and then I got the Nationals, and the Phillies, and the Marlins. But honestly, this division is going to be extremely fun. To it's gonna watch. be a bloodbath, as I said many times last episode. Uh, um, let's move on to the Phillies. Um, the, the team that will come in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> the team that's really good at coming in fourth. I mean, JT Romuto, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't re-sign him. Best overall catcher in, in baseball, so he deserves it. The Phillies, they claimed that they didn't have any money, whatever. They they said, oh, we have all the money in the world when they signed Harper. They signed Harper for a really team-friendly deal. And then they're like, ooh, actually, we don't have enough money for you. So makes no sense. He was going back to the. So place. Michael, answer me this question: Do you know the reason why GT Real Muto wanted out of Miami? 
out of Miami? Yeah. You mean because the franchise was going completely downhill? Why? Because they were going to lose a lot, right? Yeah. Why would you stay with the Phillies when you had the worst bullpen in on yeah. one of the worst bullpen seasons I've ever like mankind has ever seen? So I'm 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 glad you said that because it's not as if they're not trying to fix that bullpen. Something is wrong in Philadelphia with the bullpen because they went out, they they signed and traded for guys that were good relievers. Brandon Workman is one off the top of my head. And then um, who's the guy they signed from the Yankees? Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. There was nothing but cutters. Well, <sighs> nothing but cutters. We'll, 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 we'll come back to it, but go on. But either way, like every reliever that comes to Philly ends up sucking. And uh, I'm really kind of blown away with that. Um, they also signed Archie Bradley, um, another notable reliever. But what's very interesting to me is like, is there a common denominator? Is there a problem with the pitching coach? Is there a problem with JT Real Muto? like not knowing these relievers and these relievers then giving up more runs because of that. I don't know. I don't want to put this all on JT, but there's something off there. Um, the rotation is decent. I wouldn't say it's very good. I'm saying it's decent. Um, it's very serviceable. They have a ton of talent just kind of waiting for them to actually just break through. Um, this is, is this, this team kind of reminds me of, yeah, kind of like I don't even know who to compare them to because this team is just so such a wild card for me. The Angels. Uh, one game they could get, they could, yeah, the Angels. That's a really good comparison, yep. actually. Uh, because the, the this Phillies team, they could go out and score fifteen runs, fifteen runs one day, and then the next day, uh, they give up fifteen runs because they're their bullpen or they're starting pitching, and it's. Just, it's a very interesting dynamic in Philadelphia. Right I now. also think the Real Muto stayed for maybe, I think there's a couple other reasons that we probably don't know of. Maybe he just loves in Philly. Uh, maybe Mike Trout made him an Eagles fan. I don't I don't freaking know. <laughs> maybe he's probably more likely he's become best friends with Bryce Harper. Um, but again, if he, if he had the mentality to pretty much state that I want out of Miami because we're going to suck and we're going to lose a lot of the time. And I want to go win. You go to the Phillies and yet there's probably a lot of other teams who win a lot more games in the Phillies that would be love to take you and pay you the money for it. That's just, that's yeah. just me personally, yeah. how I see this. Once again, the Phillies are coming in fourth. <laughs> They also re-signed D.D. Gregorius. I think this – D.D. is a good shortstop. Don't get me wrong. I think this is a move to have a solid shortstop while Bryson Stott is is getting better and should be coming up very it's soon. It's not just D.D. Gregorius is a solid shortstop. He's been very productive. Uh, yeah. Last year, yeah, you know, 284 it. average, 10 bobs in 60 games, so that would translate to about, what, over just about over 20 most likely? Mm-hmm. With a very low strikeout rate. Uh, however, his exit velos are way down. I think like ninety. I think I read something that ninety-eight percent of the hitters in the MLB right now have hit harder, have harder exit velos than he does. So yeah, he does put the ball in play. Uh, but I mean, 
again, I don't think it's a huge problem because the Phillies still are a top 10 offense, but it could be something concerning along the road. Yeah, and like I said, I think this is just a move to fill in a spot until Bryson Stott comes up. Fair enough. I think that's all this. And finally, uh, this is a team that I thought we were going to have more to talk about, but we only have two things to talk about with them, and it's James McCann and Marcus Stroman. I mean, well, with Stroman, just, again, you just want to solidify that pitching staff. <laughs> that's all I got to say about this. Uh yeah, hopefully he's knocked out. Oh uh, yeah, that, that that is true. But um, that then again, that would be that would happen in the Mets. <laughs> it really would. It really that 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 front office just cannot figure it out, man. Yeah, I mean you ha- you got uh, all the stuff with their former GM, and then they had the whole thing with Carlos Beltran. They hired him as their manager. Then all the cheating scandal comes out. Then they have to fire him. And then more recently, their owner had to delete his Twitter um, because of everything that was happening on Wall Street. And he's part of one of those hedge funds that was causing these issues. And what are you going to do? And he he deleted his Twitter. The mess, they just can't stay out of the spotlight. Um, And that's probably part of the reason why Trevor Bauer isn't with them right now, to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean they can get into the. I don't think it's a problem that they're that they're in the spotlight. They're in the spotlight for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and they say no, no. Uh, what is it? No publicity is bad publicity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of really bad publicity right now with the Mets. Um, but yeah, I mean I feel just... so bad for Jacob Degrom, especially if they can't yeah. figure it out again. Yeah, no kidding. I think the Mets are going to be better this year. I do. I do see them as being the number two team in this division. I must say that because um, I don't think that they're done making moves. I think there's going to be some a couple more pieces that they're going to sign. I like I'd like to see them sign a Jake Odorizzi. Um, I actually think they're probably going to trade for Chris Bryant from the Cubs, um, and that will help them out so much because I I am I love Chris Bryant. I think he is one of the best shortstops in, or sorry third baseman in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, Mets, they still have work to do. Well, to top it off, Michael, uh, James McCann, what do you got? Yeah, I, uh, he was the second best catcher on the market. And he he is a really good, I think he's a really good all-around catcher. Um, I think this is an upgrade at the defensive position for the Mets. I also think it's a pretty equal comparison. Well, it's it's an upgrade at the offensive spot too. Um, I like James McCann. I think this is a good deal for the Mets. I think that you're getting him for four years, forty million, and you're gonna have um, you're gonna have consistency in the backstop right now. I think that's gonna be good for all these starters, um, and hopefully, Noah Syndergaard can come back healthy. Um, this is they have a good rotation, um, even without. Uh, Signing Trevor Bauer. All right, then. <laughs> I got nothing to argue about that for James McCann. Yeah. Um, Ryan, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up episode two? Um, well, like I said, Dodgers fans, you're just spoiled at this point. <laughs> yeah, screw you guys. Um, oh, like, I mean, obviously. I'm just jealous. Yeah, I mean, I wish... I wish like we had owners that would 
be willing to spend money. I mean, it's not like the Cardinals don't spend money. It's just like they they spend their money wisely. Yeah. Let's put it back. They try to, they try they, to find the cheapest the way possible to spend money. Let's just say that. And then the A's. Well, Michael, you can you can finish it off. It's it's it's, it's just frustrating. <laughs> I don't know. Like we're gonna be good this year. I I do believe that we'll win the division. Um, but yeah, it's like. So I, I mean, at this point, when Matt Chapman and Matt Olson's contracts are up, they're gonna get traded away. Yes, like, that's kind of where I'm at. I think there's gonna be two more years left with Chappie and Olson at third base and first base, and then we're gonna trade them away for prospects. And that's that's where we're headed right now because of this ownership. And you know, we're we're supposed to be getting the new stadium in 2023, which, as far as I've seen should still be happening and you want to have a good team for that team for that season and you're going to have to hold on to Chapman you're going to have to hold on to Olsen if there are guys that the A's can get their biggest contracts ever Matt Chapman is the perfect candidate for that and I also believe that Matt Olsen is going to be a perfect candidate for that yeah he sucked in 2020 but he's going to bounce back he'll be fine um in 2021 um I do like our rotation for the A's. Um, our bullpen, a lot of question marks right now because we obviously we lost Liam Hendricks. Um, and there's a couple more free agents with Yusmero Petit and Joaquin Soria. Soria already signed to the Diamondbacks. Uh, we'll see what happens with Yusmero Petit. Um, yeah, for now, I like where the A's are at. I wish we had a better owner, and I wish we still had Marcus Semyon. Um <laughs> Is there anything else, Ryan? Is, or is that all for this episode? Uh, well, thank you for being a good sport, Michael. I know uh, this time is usually tough for Ace fans. Off seasons are scary, man. Because <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, uh, I just want to say one more time, uh, guys, if you really like this, if you like our podcast, please follow us on our Spotify account or wherever you guys are listening to us from. Also, I want to mention that you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Free90sPod. Um, and that's F-R-E-E 90-S-P-O-D. Uh, we post daily about any news that comes up in baseball on Instagram and Twitter. I'm usually on Twitter more uh, replying to any tweets that come out and posting uh, stuff about any signings, trades, rumors, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, give us a follow there. Uh, Ryan, you got anything before we uh, wrap up? I do not. Uh, thanks, Thank you again for everyone for the support. And uh, yeah, can't wait for the season to start, that's for sure. Yeah, we're getting closer. We have a full season. We're starting on time. That's another important note to say. We're going to be starting on time. And until next episode, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Peace. <laughs>